Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Winston Preparatory School is a leading school network for students with learning disabilities. Learn more about Winston Prep and register for an open house at www.winstonprep.edu. And welcome back to the Lisa Wexler Show. So once a week at 1130 on Mondays, I try and put my Lisa lawyer hat on, Lisa on the law hat on, and answer questions for you that are not in the nature of specific legal advice, but rather in the nature of disseminating information that hopefully you can use. And what we do is we rely on you to send us an email during the week. Please do so at Lisa at LisaWexler.com or through our WICC.com website. And if this is an area that I can feel sufficiently knowledgeable to talk about, here I go. So let's begin with Phyllis from Danbury. Hi, Phyllis. Welcome to the show today. Hello. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Hi, Phyllis. Uh, Hi. Um, So the question that I first um, suggested was, how do you take the keys away from your mother, whom you know should no longer be driving. And what avenues do you have legally to be able to assist in this matter when they refuse to take them away? <laughs> Let okay. you take them away. So, Phyllis, you got a presumption in there, right? It's a pretty big presumption. So let me let me dig a little bit deeper. The presumption that okay. you're making is that she shouldn't be driving anymore. How old is your mom and what's her, relatively speaking, driving history? Has she gotten into accidents? What are the reasons why she shouldn't be driving anymore? She's 94. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a phone call. She lives in a community. I got a phone call from someone at the community that she had almost hit someone on a walker at the side of the road. Okay. So this it's not that we knew this was, my sister and I knew this was coming, but that was the impetus that we really needed to do something because she can't hurt other people. And, it's just wrong. And what kind so. of a community does she live in? Is it an assisted living or independent? It's independent. It's all age. And what would you say in terms of her cognition, 
in terms of her general memory and cognition. If 10 is perfectly perfect, considering that there's some age-related memory loss that's normal, what would you say your mom is? Um, recently, I was in the last few weeks for conversations we had regarding this. I'd say that she's at a five. I oh, mean, she's, okay. she keeps on losing my phone number to call me. Um, she's insistent that there's nothing wrong, even though she goes to see a doctor for macular degeneration. Um, more concerning was when we suggested a, a, one of those life alerts, she insisted that they would only pick her up out of one room in the house. And got angry with me when I explained to her that's not what's going to happen. When you, why was that? Is she like a hoarder or something? She doesn't want people in her bedroom? What does that mean? No, I don't think she's a hoarder. She's just, I think she's a very private, proud person. She's okay. always been very independent. Okay. And I think that all these changes, are, she just doesn't understand. What are the alternatives, Phyllis, for her if you take away her keys? I've already, that was my plan, was to come up with alternatives, which I did. I've hired someone that can take her to the things she wants to do. I contacted the senior center in the area, and they have a van available, especially to go, and it's free to go to the library and I think to go to the senior center. Um, So I did try to line up. She has two neighbors that also would help out. And then, of course, I can always come over if something needs to happen. All but right. um, I understand how difficult it is. I understand that cars are independent. But at the same time, um, you just can't let someone hurt somebody else. And is the macular degeneration something significant enough that she would be approaching legal blindness? I have no idea. She will not share information. You're the daughter. so I am. Mm. <laughs> and you've got a sister. And yeah. And I have a sister. And she does not share information. So if you, wow. And what about HIPAA? In other words, do you have access to her medical records? No, I do not. In fact, um, a few years ago, she was going to Florida for a relative's wedding. My sister was going to fly out to California to meet her. And I told her I was not going to take her to the airport unless she got something that either my sister or I, anybody else, if something happened to her in Florida, we, what would we do? And um, she did go to a lawyer, and she did give it to me on the way to the airport, and I trusted her. And then when I opened it up, it had nothing to do with that. Oh, so what she gave me was a durable statutory power of attorney long form. Yep. And the bottom of the big paragraph, it says, this power of attorney does not authorize the agent to make health care decisions for you. That's right. So that, that, called, that is the form. That's correct. That's right. right. Yeah. And then I actually called this lawyer's office and I asked just a general convert. Don't tell me who, what, where or how. But can you tell me if there's anybody that is in charge of healthcare stuff? And they told me they couldn't. So we have no idea. So your mother is very afraid of giving you any power over her health care. She has a fear and not without reason that you may use it in a way that will affect her life. She's afraid of it, right? Um, Apparently so. She's afraid of lots of things. Yes. Like we didn't have a key to the house until we went and took the car. I actually did get the car keys away from her. You did. It took two and a half hours, but I got them. 
Oh, you got the car keys. Okay. So let me, let me put on the lawyer Lisa hat because I always like to hear the big picture. So, um, so there's nothing right now where there's nothing that has been proven to the satisfaction of anybody that your mother isn't independent. These are, this is a neighbor who called, people get distracted. Somebody could be 22 and go too close to the side of the road. You don't know if she has macular degeneration in its early stages, which many people have, uh, or something in its much more advanced stages that would affect her vision. You're really, in your own way, you're very uh, blind. You know, in other words, you don't have really enough facts to assert anything. The way that you, the way that you, the only way, other than, God forbid, a criminal proceeding where there was already a terrible accident, the only way that prospectively you could ever get control over somebody's car keys would be if you were a strong enough, as a matter of law, person who could take away their civil rights. And that would be in the state of Connecticut being a conservator or conservator. Okay. okay? And, uh, mm-hmm. and they pronounce a conservator in most of Connecticut, so I've gotten used to it. So... So a conservator is somebody who, as a matter of law, can make decisions for someone else and be the only person recognized to do so. So it's not like a power of attorney where you're concurrently making decisions with someone. A power of attorney doesn't mean, for example, if your mother gives you a power of attorney to um, go and, and do some banking for her, she hasn't given up her right to do banking for herself. She's basically just sharing the right with you. When it comes okay. to a, when it comes to a conservator, it's a delegation of those powers. It is not a sharing of those powers. You understand? It's very different. Yeah. And there I are do okay. And and so there are two ways in which a conservatorship would happen for your mother. One is voluntary, and your mother is clearly in that voluntary category right now, or it appears to me from what you've told me. And the other is involuntary. Mm-hmm. So voluntary means that a court doesn't have to say that she's not in her right mind, does not have to find an independent medical doctor to give, you know, an opinion about that. Um, And basically, and this happens for all kinds of reasons, older people will say often to their children, I don't want to do this anymore. I acknowledge my faculties are fading. I can't really keep my records straight. Can you just do this for me? I would like to sign this off to you. And it requires a court and a court hearing. And then that conservator has all kinds of ethical standards of behavior that they have to do with respect to taking over someone's affairs, either of the person or of their quote-unquote estate, of the money, right? So that's voluntary. But it sounds like your mother is never going to voluntarily relinquish this, right? Probably not at the rate we're going. So your other option is involuntary. Involuntary is exactly what it sounds like. It means that you believe that your mother needs help and she's either unwilling to face it or she's really unable to face it. So, for example, let's say somebody has a terrible stroke or something like that, and right away you come with an involuntary conservatorship position, a petition because that person, everybody can see that that person physically cannot make any more decisions for themselves. In your case, okay. these are the toughest cases where you have an individual who is getting older, who the world around them can see is starting to need help, but that individual as a person refuses to acknowledge it. That's the hardest case of all. And so you as a daughter, you and your sister, 
You could call your local probate court in Danbury. You could say that I want to conserve my mother. And this is what the court would tell you. The court will tell you, you need to have a doctor tell us on a form, on a PC, I think it's a PC 370, might be the PC 850, I think it's a PC 370, on a form that your mother is um, incapable of making decisions on her own behalf and requires assistance. That okay. that medical um, that medical uh, appointment has to be made within forty five days of the hearing itself. It has to be pretty close in time to the hearing, and then the judge will interview your mother because she'll show up for the hearing. And between what the judge sees at the hearing and the medical opinion and your own testimony, the judge will make a decision. And it has to be. Here's the thing, Phyllis. It has to be clear and convincing evidence. It's not preponderance here or probable cause. It's got to be by clear and convincing evidence that your mother is unable to make decisions on her own behalf. Clear and convincing. And that's a very high standard because we don't want to remove people's civil rights unless we're really sure that we should. Correct. Now, in rare cases, but it is possible, let's say your mother says... How dare you serve me with this petition for a conservatorship? How dare you? I am not going to a doctor, and I am not providing you with the evidence that you need because I, will, I am unwilling to be a participant in this farce to try and have you take over my rights. Okay? Right. Okay? Yep. Right, Phyllis. Okay. In those cases, the law does provide that medical testimony can be waived. But the judge really has to believe that there's a good reason for it, that there's no other way to convince your mother to get any kind of an examination, and that the hearing should go forward. It doesn't mean necessarily the judge will rule in your favor, but there is a provision to waive medical evidence if the person is simply unwilling to be examined by a doctor, and I've had those cases. Okay. Um, I have another question. If it took me a a while to get over there to get the keys away because I I just didn't know what to do. But if she had gotten into an accident and actually had hurt somebody, um, because my sister and I had knowledge that she wasn't supposed to be, she shouldn't have been driving, that wasn't supposed to be, shouldn't have been driving, would we also be liable for any injuries? No. Okay. The only people okay. that are liable are people that the law says have a duty to, and I'm talking about a legal duty, to be in supervised care of somebody else. So, for example, if you had already become her conservator and you knew that she shouldn't be driving and you left her with a set of keys, well, maybe there's an argument that you've been negligent. But you're not okay. her conservator, and our law does not make us our parents' keeper. We are only the okay. keepers of minors under the age of 18. So parents can be liable. It's called vicarious liability. Parents can be vicariously liable if their kids do something stupid while under their supervision that they should have known about. They aren't necessarily vicariously liable, but they could be. We see this all the okay. time if they host parties, for example, and have alcohol, and they know that their mm-hmm. minors shouldn't be drinking it. That's an example of vicarious liability. But we do not have an obligation as a matter of law 
for us to be the nannies to our parents. Maybe we should, but we do not. Okay. My other question is someone had mentioned that you can go through motor vehicle and um, there's some form you fill out that you don't think the person is driving properly. Do you know anything about that? I do not. I I do not. And if you find out more about it, you can write me and I would love to know about it. I have not heard about that. Okay. I couldn't find it online, but people, including the um, lawyer that written the statutory power of attorney form, she had mentioned that you can call or contact motor vehicle and they have some way that people are able to complain about somebody's driving ability. So, Phyllis, so, I want you to I stay on. on that. I want you to stay on because we have a prominent member of the bar who's just called in and she has something to add to this conversation. But we need to go to commercial. We'll be right back. We need to hear from our sponsors. You're listening to Lisa on the Law. Cheryl Shaughnessy, who's a prominent member of the bar in our Fairfield County community, has called in and she's got something to add as well to this discussion. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Stay tuned. And welcome. We're talking Lisa on the Law, which we do on Mondays at 1130. And if you've got a question that you think may be of general interest to others, please send me an email and we'll try and get to it on Mondays at 1130 at Lisa at com. Cheryl Shaughnessy, I'm identifying her by first and last name because she is the former president of the Bridgeport Bar Association, a prominent member of the bar in Fairfield County, and Phyllis from Danbury. Uh, they are joining us. A quick recap. Phyllis's mom, she thinks, is no longer... Should no longer be driving she wants to know what rights if any she has to do anything about that and we were talking about conservatorship in the in the last part of this conversation cheryl what have you got to add here what do you good think? afternoon good, good morning afternoon. your honor it's nice to talk to you lisa i hope you had a wonderful vacation welcome back thank you thank you um so years ago i had a case and what happened is the son called the police department in fairfield and reported his father and the father took the police department took the keys from the father and i was i'm online trying to find out what it was called but basically the father had to then get the form filled out i'm thinking it was a good samaritan but as i'm online looking for it i'm I'm trying to come up with it I'll, i'll call the police department and find out what it is after we hang up after you go off the air but basically what happens is the person that the person who was alleged to not be driving well must go to a neurologic get a neurological exam an orthopedic exam 
be signed off by all these doctors, and finally, if they all think it's okay, he goes to motor vehicle. So it may be motor vehicle is the form to which Phyllis was alluding, mm. but what happens is the form must be filled out, and, and they you can't get your license back unless all these people say it's okay. But wait a minute, um, wait a minute. What was the probable cause that made the police officer do this? I mean, father was father was driving erratically, and the son basically ratted out his father. He basically, because same thing, father wouldn't give up the keys. And, and again, I'm, I'm going to get on the phone with the police department after you go off the air to find out so I can try to help you what it's called. Again, it was a client many years ago. Um, and Phyllis is right. There, it might be the motor vehicle that actually puts out this form. Uh, but it was so many years ago. But basically, you know, you, you say to the client, if the person, you know, if everybody else thinks he's okay to drive, namely the orthopedic and his own physician, and I believe it was neurological as well, if they all sign on that fo- sign off on that form, you then go to motor vehicle as the last hurrah, and the motor vehicle department does their test like you go back and have to have your test again. I see. So if they all say it's okay, you get your license. In the case of the gentleman that I had, he was not okay. Um, it's just interesting I wanted- that, I, that the police, on the basis of a report, will go ahead and yank the keys and make you do this when driving is a privilege for sure. But it's, a, but it's a privilege that many people consider more like a civil right. In other words, you'd have to prove that I can't do it for, before you take the keys away kind of thing. So that's really interesting information, Cheryl. I was not aware about that. I I, I, and that. I know it's not the same thing, obviously, you know, Lisa, as the conservator. It's, you know, you're, you're 100% right in the analysis you did with the, you know, the conservator, the person, and the estate. But this other is a total – I had never yeah. heard of it. And the client called me, and I said, news to me. But yeah. – and basically – you know, but it was an unusual situation. I'm going to I'm going to call the police department after I hang up. I and would try love to, to know more. Exact amount, and I'll get you. I'll call you at the court and let you know it's what. That's great. Thank you, okay. Cheryl. Thank, Thank you, you again, and thanks to Phyllis for bringing it to yeah. your attention as well. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank and you. Welcome back. Hope thanks. you had a great vacation. So, Phyllis, you've heard that there may yeah. be a parallel way that you can do this. Of course, your mother may never yeah. forgive you, but on the other hand, that's irrelevant because she will eventually when she knows you're doing it in her best interest. She doesn't want to hurt we anybody. Hope so. Well, she doesn't want to hurt anybody. I, you know, she doesn't. Well, I know, and I keep on bringing that up. But like I said, I understand how cars represent your freedom. Yeah, they and, do. But she is, you know, I mean, I've had um, people that have had their cars taken away in their 70s, in their 80s. She's 94. Yeah, I get it. You know I what know. I mean? And, and she should revel in the fact that let other people help her. Yeah. But we're not there yet. You know, one of the things you can do as a practical matter that I know someone in my court recently did is they worked out an Uber budget. And um, and that really, you know, by the time you figure out how much it costs to insure a car, to have a car, to constantly maintain, repair, et cetera, a car and park a car, whatever the costs are, and then you break it down. It's not that much more expensive when you figure that most people travel within 10 miles of their home and Mm -hmm. um, and they travel within 10 miles of their home. And you can say to somebody, we have a generous Uber budget for you. And, you know, what if we could do $50 right. a day or whatever? It doesn't matter. Whatever the number is, $100. That's what we're working on. My other concern, and maybe you can just help me in this direction, is that when do you know that when you get your license in the mail, regardless of how old you are, you can get a license for seven years. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know that it was seven I mean, years. I know it's six I mean, years in Florida. I didn't know it was seven in, in, um, in Connecticut. When you get... I'm I'm over I'm going to I'm over 50. I recognized 
20 years ago that my driving was not the same. My perception, my especially at night, I get it. Phyllis, I don't want to interrupt too much, but we're coming on to noon, and I will tell you that we got a caller, and the caller said the DMV forum is N is in Nancy 105. So you check it out, and I'll check it out. N105. N105. Thank you so much for all your help and everybody who called. And best to you, your sister, and your mother. Good job. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Phyllis. Yeah, look, yep. these, I'm, thank you. Listen, Bye. this is what we call crowdsourcing on the Lisa Wexler show. It's very good. It's very good. I'm delighted. Everybody calls in with information. That's how we solve a problem together. We'll do it again next uh, Monday at 1130. 203-333-9422 is our number. Uh, you can call that from 2 to 6 p.m. when we go to Connecticut today with Paul Paselli. Coming up right after me is Eric Erickson here on WICC. I'm so happy to be with you today on this Monday. I'll be back with you tomorrow as well. we got another great show for you coming up. And don't forget our podcasts. If you would like to subscribe to the newsletter, you can send me a quick email. They come out on Saturdays, and I would love to uh, be able to send you the newsletter. And, of course, if you'd like to hear the whole show for about 6 bucks a month, you can do that, too, and you can hear it anytime you'd like on demand. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Melissa. We'll be back tomorrow behind the mic. 